everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Speak to the Beak. I am Tim the Ferds. We're out here recording late Sunday night. I am joined by Keith Hernandez. Keith, it's a little past our normal recording time. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's Mother's Day. <laughs> That's right. Got to make got to make mom happy. There's nothing you can exactly. really do about it. So, and Keith was at the Met game before, so you know, you got to you got to yep. wait it out. But that means we have a lot of content from over the weekend that we can now put into the podcast. So I guess there's a bright side to it. Once again, Mets had rain at their game, but luckily for Keith, they didn't uh, have to rain out the game. I thought they were going to put the tarp on at one point because I, that one at bat up. with, uh, I forgot who it was, left-handed hitter. Peralta. No, it wasn't David Peralta. It was like some skinny guy. I don't know his name. He was like a... He, he had, like, a 15-pitch at bat, and I was just like, oh, my God, this is never going to end. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's kind of what we uh, what Keith's day was like. But, like I said, we're out here on a Sunday night because we're out here trying to deliver content. So mm-hmm. before we give you said content, the usual things that we're going to need you to do. Number one, beakbrands.com. Check out the website, written articles, podcast is there, good stuff. All right, you can find my waiver wire column there, which drops every single Thursday. Pretty good fantasy nuggets, besides the nuggets that me and Keith give. So, just throwing that out there. Number two, Beak Brand, at Beak Brands. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of our content is posted there. We've been seeing a lot of Twitter people on the, on the fantasy train. So, I, you know, if you're a Twitter listener, thank you for that. Um... You can obviously interact with me and Keith there as well. I'm at Tim Ferdinand. He's at Keith Hernandez. Two Z's at the end there. You know, Keith, maybe we should put a little handle thing below our names. We're, yeah, here. we're gonna have to put handles under our names because yeah. I got I got different handles for for Instagram and face and uh, and for Twitter. So. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> for Twitter, Keith is more of a retweeter than an actual tweeter. Oh yeah. So if you find him, you're in good shape there. <laughs> like yeah, Meek Phil and that other account you follow are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, number three would be if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like like the video, share with your friends. You know the huge. Uh, Spotify, Apple, same thing. Rate, review, follow, etc., etc. All right? So that's kind of what we got. And obviously, you guys know, we try to take care of our loyal listeners. So if you got a topic you want to be discussed, or, you know, there's a team you want to hear more about, me and Keith can do that for you. Which is, I think, why we find ourselves talking a lot about the Oakland A's. <laughs> uh, not not today, though, so don't worry. Not today. Um, too much. So, Keith, if you're ready to go, I'm ready to go. I'm all in. That's all right. right. That's why he's here, people. So, more no-hitters. More. Yeah. John Means and Wade Miley. So, before we even get into it, I'm going to give Keith some props here on the John Means coming back to All-Star Form Train. He was on it all the way back <laughs> before we started the season during our you know, divisional previews. He was throwing out all the John Means love. And I'm not going to lie, I didn't really buy it too much. I was like, you know, he plays for the Orioles. They kind of suck. Like, he was bad last year. He was bad the second half of the year, the year before that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And now this guy's out here just mowing people down. <laughs> the Mets get to face him on Tuesday, I believe, he pitches yep. for the first time since he threw the no-hitter. So congrats to Keith there. Um, 
on being on the John Means train. He also has him in our fantasy league, so that's unfortunate because and I, I, I have drafted him. him too. I didn't even pick him up in waivers. He drafted him. That's how much faith I had in him this year. He drafted him. <laughs> uh, and then Wade Miley, no hit the Cleveland Indians. The Indians have now been no hit for the second time in the past 30 days because <laughs> uh, their offense is very bad. So, Keith, which which one was more influential? Your love for John Means to inspire him to throw the no-hitter or Wade Miley's Hulk sticker tattoo? <laughs> I, I think it has to be the Hulk tattoo. No matter how much I love John Means, that Hulk tattoo definitely is what drove Wade Miley uh, to that no-hitter. Well, I think what's even crazier is that both of those games are almost perfect games. Yep. John Means was ruined by a strikeout pass ball. And then Wade Miley, uh, someone made an error. I, I think Ahmed Rosario reached out an error or something. Shout out to Ahmed Rosario. <laughs> he's, he's, the reason, <laughs> he's the reason why the uh, the Reds got their first run um, in the ninth inning. So it was runners on first and second, no outs, top of the ninth. Um, I forgot who was hitting, but he had a dribbler back to uh, to Manuel Classe. He was pitching. Classe fields it. Shoot, he's like so. It's a strike to second base. Uh, looking to turn a double play. Res- Ahmed Rosario is playing shortstop. Ahmed Rosario used to be the everyday shortstop for the Mets. The Indians have been throwing out throw, nah, throwing him out there in center field almost every single day. I'm pretty sure he forgot how to play shortstop and forgot he had to cover the bag because he was standing pretty much in left field. <laughs> and the ball went straight to second base, and Ahmed Rosario was, like, nowhere close to the bag. And the ball went into the outfield and a run scored. And they kept the inning going. Would it, it would have been runner on third with two outs if they were able to turn on double play. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was one thing with Rosario. It was like, yeah, you know, eventually he might come around to hit, but, like, his defense is always going to be, like, mm-hmm. lackluster, I guess, to be nice about it. Yeah. And I'm not surprised that he's making mental errors like that, but... You know, you would think you're in the major leagues. Doesn't matter what position you play, you would know if the ball is hit, you got to run somewhere. But mm-hmm. I guess not. Um, it's year four. Yeah. Also, uh, that happened with um, Lindor. Yeah. When they went to go steal second, and the ball went to left field, the left fielder was just like chilling, eighty feet away, yeah. like yeah, ah, I don't got to back up the whatever. David Peralta was just sitting there. Yeah, I, I know. don't know what he was. And the same thing with the center fielder. I don't think the second baseman went to go back up either. But the ball, it was weird. The ball kicked off of – after it hit the, the shortstop's glove, kicked off of his foot, and that's how it sent it to the left yeah. field. Well, no, the but center fielder right was away. running in. You saw him, but then he had to, like, yeah. make a sharp cut. He was never going to get there in time. He was never getting there. Yeah. It was, a, it was a great read by Lindor. He was watching that the whole way. That was that was so electric. I had just gotten to my break, and I – so the our break room's in the in the Metropolitan Grill up on the on the second deck in the left field corner. Okay. So I'm, I'm getting down to my seat right in front of the glass, and I see Lindor sprint for second. I see the ball kick into the outfield, so I, I stood and just put my hands up, <laughs> <laughs> watching him run around the bases. Keith so was fun. ready for it. Yeah. Keith was ready for it. But back to our no-hitters, right? So mm-hmm. here's a question for you, a little analytical talk. Yeah. Are the three true outcome guys, and if you don't know what that means, baseball for noobs here, um, walk, strike out, home run, those are the three true outcomes you can – if you want to know more about that, you can follow Brian Kenny on Twitter, and I'm sure he will kill a lot of your brain cells. Um, are those guys producing like more no hitters? Because I feel like they're a lot more common in the past couple mm-hmm. of years than they have been, even when like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, the the Indians really only got two of those guys on their team with Fran Reyes and Eddie Rosario. 
That's like true. Jose Ramirez is, is like he's usually around 320, 330 in terms of batting average. Um, you know, even Cesar Hernandez is usually like 270, 280 hitter. He's a pretty good contact hitter. The rest of them are just guys that just can't really hit. Like they had Austin Hedges hitting ninth that day. I don't think he has ever hit over 180 in the season. Yeah, it's not a good look. <laughs> it's not a good look. No. That's not a good look. <laughs> His defense is keeping in the majors. But, yeah, I, the Indian team just can't hit. And it's been a problem forever for them, no matter who's on their roster. Yeah. They haven't been able to hit for, like I said, Travis Hafner days, baby. That's it. That was the last time they could hit. But, no, I mean, I agree because, I mean – if you guys listen, you kind of know where I stand on analytics. Like, I can't stand some of them. Like, some of the information is helpful. But, like, the whole swing for the fence thing, like, every at-bat, like, I can't stand it. I hate it. Yeah, well, I think I think that, that all that launch angle stuff is starting to die down. Um, well, guys I, are pitching saw... up in the zone now. You can't get to well, it. Well, yeah, guys are pitching up yeah. in the zone now. But I saw this graphic of Mike Trout of his launch angle from, like, 2015 to this year. So... 2015, 16, 17, and 18. He was about gradually increasing from 15 to 19 percent, or or whatever, 15 to uh, 19 degrees in terms of launch angle. In 2019 and 2020, he was at 22 and 24 degrees in launch angle. This year, he's off to the best start of his career, and his launch angle average is like 9.5 degrees. It, I think guys, more guys are starting to focus on just hitting the ball hard. You just need – that's what I was going to say. You just need hard contact. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, and Mike, I think Mike Lowell was talking about it. It's on the uh, it's on MLB Network's uh, YouTube page. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. It was like, yeah. a, it was like a two-minute segment. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, that's good. I, they actually had a debate the other day. It was like Brian Kenny, Sean Casey, and mm-hmm. – Dan O'Dowd? It might have been Dan O'Dowd. Probably, yeah. Yeah, and they were talking about, because Brian Kenny was saying how, like, um, because they were talking about getting rid of the shifts, like, mm-hmm. uh, because guys, like, can't hit the opposite way. And Brian yeah. Kenny's like, oh, well, you can just tell them to hit the opposite way. And Sean Case's like, all right, well, obviously they don't do that. Like, they're just not going to do it. Like, they've been not doing it for years. So they said, just play traditional baseball. And then Brian Kenny was like, oh, but you're rewarding the guys who aren't as good as DJ LeMayhew or whatever at, like, spraying the ball over. And Sean Case is like, how many DJ LeMayhews are in the league? Like, two? Three? Yeah. Like, how many guys bat, like, it, 335 and get hit the ball all over the place? It's like yeah. him, McNeil, and... Like, I'm sure there are other, a couple other guys, but, like, for the and most like, part... like, David Fletcher. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, those are the, like, those are the only three guys. So ridiculous. But what Sean Casey was saying, like... The amount of times he's seen like hard hit balls right up the middle, line drives caught because there's a guy standing behind second base. Like, why are you playing there? That's not a shift. That's just like you're standing in the wrong spot. Exactly. So, I I do think that the three true outcome guys are producing more no hitters because, like you said, I mean, there's a lot of guys just swinging for the fence, and it's tough. Like, yeah, you're gonna get one or two a game, but no one's on base probably. Exactly. Um. But no, we had two no hitters, so that's four on the season total. Yeah, that's so, a lot. It is a lot. I know. <laughs> Isn't that, only... that that matches the total from the last two seasons combined? I think it's only May 9th. It's only May 9th. <laughs> uh, so Albert Pujols got released, Keith. 
Yeah, um, that's some big news. Big news. Surprising. So before we get into his stats and all that other stuff, how surprised were you, number one? And two, do you think he shocked. ends up anywhere? Yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah, first of all, I was shocked yeah. when the news came out. It totally caught me off guard. So he, I mean, he had set a precedent before with, you know, guys over, you know, 30 years old, not getting long-term deals. He, he froze the free agent market. That's already set. Now he set another precedent with releasing a superstar at in the at the end of their deal because now everyone's going to be doing it Cano's next yep um you know i don't even know we were texting about this the other day miggy miggy's coming up yeah we were texting (laughs) it's gonna be Cano, miggy um all these guys you know lindor and tatis and eventually 10 years are probably going to get released same it's going to be the same thing um it it's not how you treat a legendary player like albert pujols though I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous. I I know there was that report that he was getting he got into a fight with Joe Madden and Joe Madden said that's not true. Uh, I saw um, that before that he got into a fight mm-hmm. with Joe Madden. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Joe Madden does not manage the way Albert Pujols has been used no. to his whole career. Yeah. Well, I, I I saw a lot of funny tweets talking about how um <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony Larusa salivating in the in the White Sox dugout yeah. waiting for Pujols to come home. <laughs> They said that uh, he said in a press conference that there's no room for Pujols on the like stacked oh, really? White Sox team. Yeah. Oh, Where would they play him? He would just be a DH- pinch hitter. Yeah. Well, who else? Who's DHing for them? Uh, isn't Abreu playing first? I guess. Yeah, I can pull up their lineup real quick. And they don't have to. They don't have to DH Grandal anymore because they don't have McCann there. Oh, but they have your. I forgot they have the Yerminator now. Yeah. Uh, let's see. White Sox. Yeah, so he'd have to be a bench bat. Um, but yeah, I know. I think I think he'll probably just end up signing with the Cardinals at some point. Um, or he's gonna, or if nobody signs him within the next month or two, he's gonna announce his retirement. Yeah. And then the Cardinals will sign him for one day. He will play one game at first base. He's gonna have like a David Wright farewell. Replays four innings. Try to get a hit. Good luck. <laughs> Um, and you, you call it a career and it's going to be, it's going to be really sad to see him, you know, finish up like this. But I mean, it's, it's no, no hidden thing that he's been brutal the last five years. Yeah. Especially um, compared to Albert Pujols stand this year has been really mm-hmm. bad. It's been like a buck 98. Yeah. I mean, the whole Mercedes has been DHing pretty much for the White Sox every day, except Jake Lamb got one against Zach Plesac a week ago. Yeah. So it's because I mean, Yerman, I think he's a catcher, but he he can't catch. Yeah. So so they have three. They're pretty much they have three catchers. They have Mercedes. They have Zach Collins, who starts when Grandal doesn't start. They have Mm -hmm. they have three catchers, I guess technically on there. Technically, yeah. On their roster. So yeah, Pools would have to be a bench bat for them, but no, I mean it's kind of crazy that they like released him like that. Yeah. Do you think it was like to clear more time for Otani to play? Um, he was already kind of playing every I day, but so. like maybe was, get him in the field. Otani a little was bit. already playing. I it's yeah, it's definitely that. And Jared Walsh too. Jared Walsh has been going off. He has been, yeah. And they they got him at first. He's a, a Jared Walsh is another former two way player. Yeah. And they except they gave up on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not he's not nowhere close to as good as a pitcher as otani um 
and I, I think we were talking about this earlier in the week that I had to apologize for my Otani. Yeah. My, my doubts on Otani. <laughs> but my, like I said before, my doubts on Otani were on the pitching side, not on the hitting side. The hitting side, I said he's a beast. I yeah. said he should be a full time hitter, outfielder, DH, whatever he wants to be. He's been pitching, good he's been everywhere, fine. though. Yeah, he's been he's been pretty good everywhere. Yeah. I mean, the the start against the Rangers, he got rocked in the first inning, but then he came back and he was fine. Yeah. Um, and then the start against the Rays, he walked like six guys through five innings, but he's also unhittable. So like the walks yeah. didn't matter. Yep, I know. So as long as he's healthy, it doesn't matter. He's like one of those guys where if like he's your number three starter, you're in great shape because his stuff mm-hmm. is electric. When he like is on point, you're not gonna hit him. Yeah. Um, yeah, only problem is they're in last place. So. Yeah, well, yeah, because they do this every year where they're like, we're just gonna pay like four dudes a gross amount of money, and everyone else on our team sucks. Yeah. They try the same strategy. Like, I I can't I could not even name their five starting pitchers. It's Dylan Bundy, Otani, Griffin he. Canning. Uh, what's he? What's he needs for? Andrew Heaney. Yep. I don't know who that last guy is. I don't know who the last guy is. Oh, Jose Quintanilla. Oh, yeah. He pitched today. He pitched today. Mm-hmm. I saw him before on MLB lit, he Network. Lit up. His, he has, like, the third highest strikeouts per nine this year. <laughs> but he gets lit up every time he goes out yeah. there. It's literally I, – I saw someone say he either gets a – it's either an earned run or a strikeout. Pretty much. Every pitch he throws, yeah. He's, like, the three true outcomes guy for pitcher. <laughs> for pitchers. <laughs> uh, but some numbers on Pujols, right? So – 298 career batting average, which is a shame mm-hmm. because that should be way higher than that. Over 2,000 RBIs, 3,200 plus hits, 667 home runs. Uh, just in his time in St. Louis, OPS over 1,000, 331 batting average, 408 home runs, and 1,900 hits. That's pretty much a Hall of Fame career right there if you just count the Cardinals' years only. 400 home runs, like, and a 331 average. I mean, that, that might be yeah. able to get you in. Um, but like we said before, he's only hitting a buck ninety-eight this season. So if you had to pick a team that he ended up with, if he did end up somewhere, it's not the Cardinals, like an actual Ooh. team. Ooh. <laughs> where would you think he ends up? I don't know. Mm. That's a, maybe the Marl like the, the Marlins, Marlins are like, <laughs> or either or he goes to the Tigers. Just the he's good friends with Miggy. Yeah, it's true. What's the point of having two 40-year-olds who can't hit anymore? I saw that. Uh, it was like a meme. You know how this is going to end. And it was Mike Piazza and Frank Thomas in an Oakland no, A's uniform. <laughs> yeah, yes. there it is. <laughs> Got to sneak yes, the Oakland A's in there every too. single yeah. podcast for no reason. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, that's oh kind of what we got in Albert Pujols there. So, if he doesn't sign somewhere, definitely first bout Hall of Famer. Like, he's a lock to get in. Yeah, lock. Um, if you look at his numbers, he's he's up there with some of the greatest mm-hmm. all time. So, uh, let's move on to the pitching side of the ball here. Josh Hader, fastest reliever ever to 400 career strikeouts. His whip this season is .771, which is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um and since he broke out, he has a 16K per nine. Yep. So, and ever since, uh, the reason I want to bring Hader up here is not because of the strikeout thing, even though it's a nice accomplishment. Oh, look at that. Orlando yeah. in the background. Surprise <laughs> visit from my dad. <laughs> so if you don't know, we have a fun fact about the inside of Keith's house there. You got Keith Hernandez and you got Orlando Hernandez. So you got El Duque and a star first baseman. 
So he only needs to have like 15 more kids for a full roster of Hernandez's. <laughs> my my first son's going to be named uh, Felix. There you go. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Add to the pitching staff there. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway, Josh Hader. So yeah, when he first broke out, he was. I feel like he was one of the first guys they did like the super reliever thing with. Because mm-hmm. uh, the first year he was on my fantasy team and I was like obsessed with this man. Because every time we went out there, it was like three innings. He struck out like eight guys. It was like stupid. Um, so do you think, because there were other guys before him, but I feel like he made it like popular to be like, you know, you might not be a starting pitcher and you might not be like the full-time closer, but you are like the literal high leverage, like super reliever, like yeah. Seth Lugo. And, That's what I was going to say. Yeah, guys like that. Do you think he started that trend? Definitely, yeah. Because uh, I, I think – if you if you went more than one inning as a reliever, it was as a mop up role. Yeah, like that was it, or your team was up like ten runs. Um, yeah, he's a super reliever, and he started that trend. Seth Lugo is a super reliever, like you said. He doesn't want to accept it, but he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more guys. There's there's like all all these minor league systems are just filled with like filled with guys that throw a hundred and don't know what to do with it. Um, and most of them are trying to be starting pitchers and they're going to not make it as a starter and they're going to end up getting moved to the bullpen. So if you have the stamina and you figure out something with how hard you throw and how your pitches move or whatever, that there's going to be super relievers on every single team, at least one, but in the next five years, I agree. Because that's what the Dodgers were doing with Urias until they put finally put him in the rotation. Like, yeah. he was another guy. He'd come out, throw three innings, you couldn't touch him, and then Jansen would get mm-hmm. the ball and the game's over. Exactly. Like, so there's guys like that like around the league that are just like, they bring him in. It's like, what do you do? Like, you can't hit him. It's pretty much like they're bringing in another, yeah. a starter. Like Exactly. I feel like that's what they wanted Chapman to be when he first came over from Cuba and he mm-hmm. like wasn't going to be a starter. And they were trying to use him as like a multiple inning reliever guy, but he just didn't have the stamina for it. Like, cause he was yeah. he was maxing in the first time, the first inning, and not the second inning. Mm-hmm. Like, he could have been the first one, but yeah, and that would have been insane. That would have been it. Um, that would have been scary. It would have been scary because that's when he had no control and he was like about to kill Prime Andrew McCutcheon every time they oh played the Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now I mean. He throws 20 pitches and he's done. He doesn't even have to throw yeah. 20 pitches in an inning. He never no. even gets past, like, 10. Yeah. <laughs> so. As long as he's near the plate, that's it. Exactly. But uh, we'll have to have a comment. I was going to say about super relievers, like guys like Josh Hader, if mm-hmm. you think moving the ba- the mound back. Yeah, I hate affect- that now. I know. I said, well, we can go on, a, like, a, some of those rules, like the you can only throw over the first base, like, two or three times in the minor league. Like, that's that's stupid. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about those potential rules as we get deeper into the season because me and Keith mm-hmm. just hate every single one of them. Um, but let's get to our last topic before we hit some fantasy stuff and before we yep. – uh, actually, a new thing today. We'll tell you about later, just throwing that out there. Um, the Mets had a raccoon, quote-unquote, incident, uh, and Jacob deGrom left his start today mm-hmm. with more tightness or soreness or whatever you want to call it. Lower yeah. back tightness now. He's going to get an MRI, up, so. which means he's going to end up on the IL. Um, but let's talk about Lindor and McNeil first. Mm. There wasn't actually he, a raccoon there, was there, Keith? Uh, <laughs> nope, man. It was 
it was an argument between two frustrated players that needed to happen. Both guys were struggling offensively. Um, and then I started to get to them on the field. And they had a couple balls to go in between them. A um, couple plays where, you know, McNeil cut off one door and stopped the play from happening. So whatever. They, they got all their anger out. Uh, Lindor hit a game-tying homer. McNeil came out there the next day and hit a two-run homer. Both of them, are, like Lindor's on a four-game hitting streak now. McNeil's got to hit the last two, three games. So these are two guys that are who have to come around and are starting to come around. And it's just something that needs to happen. I don't care. Like, I think Lindor handled it fine because if you dismiss it, then people are going to keep asking about it. And yeah. people are going to try to dig, dig, dig. The way, I, the, I don't know why everyone freaked out with that story because the way he did it was like just just laugh it off because it happened and they're good now and everything's fine yeah so I, see i just don't like the no... play he got mad at he got mad at yeah. him like when mcneil runs up the like if mcneil actually fields that ball do you think he's gonna throw that guy out there's no way in hell no. he's gonna make that play it's just that mcneil i guess he was mad that mcneil shouldn't have even run over there but they were basically they're in the shift like he's he's yeah. already on that side of, he's like even with second base so if he doesn't mm-hmm. run out of you're like what is this guy doing standing there and if yep. he runs that hey like he's in no man's land and it's not just with the mets like you see that all the time with guys in the all shift the where they don't and, know where to be because like there's too many dudes right next to them mm-hmm. and lindor talks about uh so much that he hates the shift yeah so Well, because if you have someone like – because VR has been playing third for the Mets, for example, right? Like, Mm -hmm. VR and Lindor can cover the entire side of the field without a shit. They don't need anyone else there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, I don't know. That's that's how Kevin Kiermaier got hurt. Matt Chapman was covering second base because of the shift on a steal, and Kiermaier got his hand, like, pinched in between Chapman's kneecap and the ground on a head first slide. Yeah, not good. Not good right there. Not good. So what do you think would be worse? If McNeil and Lindor didn't figure it out or if DeGrom goes down for, I don't want to say significant because I think he's been dealing with this forever, I feel like. Mm-hmm. It just always crops up sometimes. There's, yeah. But if he misses a couple of starts this time around instead of one. I think if he misses two, it's not even a big deal. Okay. Um, It would be less of a, even less of a big deal if Carrasco didn't get pushed back again. I don't know what's going on there. Um, I told you I didn't trust that man. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be it. It will be insane if Syndergaard comes back before him. Yeah, that would be insane. He's getting put out for a rehab assignment. He's on my fantasy yeah. team, sitting on him the and, IL. <laughs> him and Lugo are about to go back out there, so it'll be a sight to see. But yeah, I think I think even if Degrom only missed two starts, if if Lador continued to hit one eighty. And McNeil continued to hit 210 for yeah, the next not be two, good. three weeks. Yeah. It would not be good. Yeah. No way. I agree. I agree. Uh, so let's get to our fantasy part of our show here called mm-hmm. Who's Your Randy? In honor of Randy and Rosarania and adding random guys off the waiver wire here. Slash Pedro Martinez, who's your daddy? So um, who went first last week, Keith? I think I took both last week because that's what we've been doing. I took the series. Yeah, yeah I was pumping Lucharino last week again. Still, he's this guy. His roster percentage ship went down. That's not my guy this week. But people, what are we doing? The guy blows one save against Toronto and they want to panic. Like, yo, Toronto's been <laughs> smacking everybody around. All right, so 
my actually no you go first because you got to I pick. Go first. yeah you go yes. first i was on Thank a roll you. there i'm sorry with lou trevino just gets me going i guess i don't know <laughs> everybody in the A's gets you going <laughs> all right so i'm just gonna go with wade miley I mean, he's only—he's still only owned in you know 45% of leagues. I, he had a huge spike because you know he threw a no hitter. Even without like without that no hitter, he's been pitching phenomenally. Um, he's got an ERA of two, a WHIP of 0.75. He's four and two, so you know wins don't matter in real baseball, but in fantasy baseball, wins matter. <laughs> so he's getting wins when he goes out there. He's going deep in the games. He's pitching about six innings pretty much every time he goes out there. Not a big strikeout guy, but, you know, he's not walking people. He's not getting up hits. So if you're playing in a league where, you know, you're getting negatives for hits and walks and stuff and for earned runs, he's not he's not doing too much of that. So you should be good. He should be like a solid, like, back of the rotation guy for you. Yeah, and I feel like um, Miley's always been one of those guys where when he's healthy, he's good. The problem mm-hmm. with him is that he's never healthy. Yeah. Never. But he's available, and he's probably available in a decent amount of leagues. Oh, I dropped my cell phone. I was looking up stats. Um, he's available in a decent amount of leagues, so he's a good pickup for sure. He actually yeah. almost made the column on Thursday, and I'm wow, mad that, been crazy. that he wasn't <laughs> on it because he would have thrown no hitter. I was torn between him and Domingo Herman, and I put Herman on there because his roster Herman percentage. Too. I know. His roster percentage was higher, and he was about to be over the threshold. So I'm like, let me put him on there oh. now before I lose the chance to do it. And then, of course, Miley goes out and throws a no-hitter. I'm just like, no hitter you got to be kidding me. <laughs> um, so my guy, I actually wrote about him as well, Josh Rojas, plays for the Arizona mm-hmm. Diamondbacks. So a couple reasons why I like this guy. Number one, he's now playing every day. So I can't beat that for a waiver wire ad. Number two qualifies for second base shortstop and outfield so he can help you in a variety of different places he's batting 421 over his past seven games with an ops over a thousand so yeah sign sign me up for that like hitters i'm willing to ride the hot hand with and he definitely qualifies for that he made the column last week if his roster ship doesn't go up above 50 again for this week he might make it a second time because he is like Mm -hmm. scorching hot yeah, dude is a machine. I mean, he's the only guy hitting for the Diamondbacks this series yeah. against the Mets. So, pick him up if you need a hitter in any of those positions. You see they did a little uh, feature. Oh, actually, you were, on the, you were at the game. Yeah. So, SMY did a feature about the Diamondbacks uniforms. How, like, mm-hmm. in 2017, they switched it to, like, that dark gray. And then yeah. they went back to the light gray because they realized that was moronic. And I'm yep. like, you know, I didn't even notice they went back to the light gray. That's how irrelevant their dark gray uniforms were. Like, yeah, I didn't even I didn't notice even they were either. gone. I know. <laughs> um, so our new part of our fantasy segment is if you play Beat the Streak, we're going to give you some picks for Monday, like the next when you listen to this, the Monday of. Uh, and if you do not play Beat the Streak, it's a lot of fun because you never get past, you know, like 12 hits because God forbid – that like when Fernando Tatis is playing your local middle school team, he gets one hit off the kid who's 12 years old, all right? So it's infuriating, but it's a fun little challenge. What you need to do is you have to pick a guy every day to get a hit. You could also take two, but you could get a, pick a guy every day to get a hit, and you're going to try to break the 56 consecutive game hit streak record, which will never be broken in real life because nope. everyone's trying to hit too many home runs, and now guys, everyone throws 100, so 
Uh, it's tough to get those hits. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you our one pick each of a guy we would take for the Monday games. So I guess since it's your day to go first, Keith, you just keep yeah. going. So who do you got for Monday? I'm rocking with uh, J.D. Martinez against the Orioles. I, th I think uh, who I said pitching, Jorge, Jorge Lopez. Lopez. Like that. Yeah. All right, yeah, Jorge Lopez. Dude's got an ERA like 6.5. They're playing at Baltimore. Hitter-friendly park. It's yeah, hitter friendly park. He has crushed the Orioles and he is on fire. I think he's hitting 340 now. Yeah, that that's like a lock. Yeah, so normally when I'm on beat the streak and I'm like, yeah, I don't know who that pitcher is, I pick against them every single time uh, because that means they're not good. So mm -hmm. my pick for tomorrow, I like your pick, um, is Nick Castellanos against Mitch Keller of the Pittsburgh Pirates. He has an ERA of 629. Castellanos in his career is a 300 hitter against Keller. The Reds put up a lot of runs. Um, and he's batting 316 this season, Castellanos. Mm -hmm. If you follow me on social media, you know I'm obsessed with this guy after screaming in the Cardinals' face. So, like, anytime he has a good matchup, I can't resist not taking him just because I like him. Uh, if you want my unbiased pick, it would be Fernando Tatis against the Rockies at Coors Field. You could pretty much, if you want to play beat the streak, that's a big strategy of mine. Anyone playing at Coors Field who's hot, just give me them. Because, yeah, I mean, it's always run fest over there. So for me and Keith, we'll go J.D. Martinez and Nick Castellanos, and we'll see who gets a hit. Oh, yeah. Hopefully both of them get a hit, but we'll see who gets a hit. <laughs> but uh, all right, Keith, let's wrap it up here. Series of the week, who do you got and why? Yeah, so I'm going with the Blue Jays and the Braves. Braves are starting to heat up. Blue Jays are, like, still sitting around 500. I mean, same thing with the Braves. The Braves are under 500. They're heating up. They're beating up on the Phillies right now. They're going to finish. I was going to say, well, last time I checked, but, Nola gave up, like, five runs through, like, five two runs. innings. I think it's still 5-1 to one right now. Let me check. It is. Okay. Five to one in the middle of the eighth, so that game's pretty much over. Yeah, unless Reese Hoskins tried to play savior again. The Phillies, the Phillies have played three straight Sunday night games. Yes, they have. And back to back weeks, McCutcheon hit a leadoff home run. Yes, he has. Matt Fascursion made that very clear. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but the Blue Jays got some good pitchers going. Um, Braves haven't announced who's going out, but Robbie Ray's been pitching pitching well so far. Three point one four ERA. Uh, Ryu's gonna pitch that next game on Wednesday, um, so they got two of their two of their big guys going out there. Um, so hopefully they can hang in there. It's gonna it's gonna be a, a run fest because the Braves look like they got their bats coming around. Uh, so yeah, should be fun. Say I'm a big Robbie Ray guy, as you know. Yeah. So anytime that he gets to pitch in a series, I'm very excited. That's how much I like Robbie Ray. Mm -hmm. I actually saw him pitch against the Mets one time. Like early on in his career, when he was on the Diamondbacks, yeah. And my dad was like, "Oh, I kind of like this guy." And I'm like, "It's my boy, Robbie Ray. I love him. <laughs> I've loved him for quite some time." Um, my series of the week is going to be A's and Red Sox. Uh, mm -hmm. and you're probably saying the the A's again, and I'm saying yes, the A's again. <laughs> uh, and that's because both the Red Sox and the A's have been scorching hot. They both have over 20 wins. 
I know how the A's have done it, and like how me and Keith have stated numerous times on this podcast, we're not really sure how the Red Sox are doing it besides just out-hitting people. So it'll be exciting to see these two teams go at it. Uh, mm-hmm. Keith knows I'm a big Blue Jay guy. He got first pick. Uh, they were in consideration for my series of the week. That's okay. Because I really wanted this series because it gave yeah. me another excuse to talk about the Oakland A's. Um, and now that the Oakland A's are they've been hot and they've stayed hot, I really hope that they make me look smart and go to the World Series so that all the you know smack talk I got when I picked them for my AL like pick, like, oh, man, you'll never hear the end of it. Not Keith, just the people listening to this. You'll, you'll be subjected to it every episode from here until the end of time. So <laughs> it's all fun and games until the A's trade their best hitter for a star I know. pitcher, and then they can't hit in the playoffs. <laughs> That's what the A's do. I know, I know. <laughs> but no, it's listen. In all seriousness, the A's and the Red Sox are a good matchup for one another. They're both exciting. Yeah, I mean. They got the two best records in the MLB right now. That's right. So, so that's why it's my series of the week right there. Um, so look, we're about 37 minutes in, which is a little bit longer than we've been running on these. Mm. But we had some good topics for this week's episode, not going to lie. So look, here's what we need to do before we preview next week's episode. Beakbrands.com. Go there. Listen to stuff. Read stuff if you can read. Um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Follow at Beakbrands. I'm at Tim Ferdinand. He's at Keith Hernandez, two Zs. And if you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like the video, share with your friends. Same thing, Spotify and Apple users. Rate, review, follow, comment, etc., etc. So me and Keith will be back next week. Hope we'll see what day, TBD. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll, it'll always drop on Monday. We will obviously monitor all the hot things going on throughout the week. Uh, but the whole moving the mound back thing might have to be something for next week because there's like mm-hmm. a lot of it's getting some traction, which is making me upset. Um, like I just wish we would stop doing stupid things, but we'll save that conversation for next week. And the other thing I'm monitoring is Luis Castillo being absolute trash so far this year. And, He's been horrendous. I know, I know. Suarez has been picking up a little bit of late because I have him. 133 still. I know. That's how bad he's been. And in his past, actually, no, he had that one good game, three for five, over mm-hmm. three, over three, over four, over four. So he kind of evened it out. He's, yeah. uh, as of, some, what is this? Last week, the, the written, the recent news on him on the fantasy app, mm-hmm. he entered last Sunday's game in a one for 31 slump. And he hasn't really added to it because Bad. he's three for five, and then he took four straight offers. Yeah, not good. But hey, he's playing against Mitch Keller on Monday, so maybe he'll get a hit. <laughs> he's also been like the worst defensive player in all the MLB this year because they haven't played shortstop. Shortstop, yeah. But we talked about this with the Reds, and we can say this for next week. But he's such a good bat. Like when he plays third base, mm-hmm. you have to play him. But they don't have a shortstop. <laughs> But, all right, we digress. We'll save that for next week. We will monitor the Cincinnati Reds. So, until next time, me and Keith are out of here. We'll see you next week. (laughs) 